All right. Is that right if I move this stuff, Ricky? So I can... All right. Well, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. When Ernesto asked me to do it, uh, I was very grateful for the opportunity. And uh, Ricky really put the... Changing things up on me, though. <laughs> not used to taking everything all apart on me. He uh, really put the uh, spotlight on me when he said I'd do a great job preaching, so I'll try and live up to that. Um, tonight we're going to be in Daniel chapter 6. We're going to start uh, on verse 10. Um, but while you guys are turning to verse 10, I'll just kind of give you a little bit of a rundown on what's going on with uh, uh, the first 10 verses. Um, I probably should start over and just mention that, like he said, my name is Tom Tate. I'm from the Rock Church. Um, and uh, I have been with Ernesto and his training group for almost two years now. Um, and it's been an incredible uh, journey. Um, this is probably my third time preaching, uh, and uh, every time has been amazing and uh, an eye-opening experience. So with that being said, um, let's turn to, to, to uh, Daniel 6, start with chapter uh, verse 10, and I'll just give you the rundown. Um, what's going on is there's, uh, in the chapter of Daniel, there's 12 chapters, or in the book of Daniel, there's 12 chapters. The first six uh, chapters are about Daniel and his uh, journey with his, with his buddies and, and kind of his experiences. And then chapters 7 through 12 are more of like Daniel's visions on the future. Um, and what's happening in chapter 6 is, uh, the, is, is, the, is the story of the lion's den. So King Darius, who is the king of Medo-Persia, uh, has set 120 satraps. And satraps are basically like tax collectors that do odds and ends things for the king. And he's appointed three governors to kind of oversee them and keep them honest because, uh, you know, they're handling a lot of money. So what happens is they, King Darius puts Daniel in charge, and um, they, they're not big on this because, you know, whenever there's a new person in power, if, you don't, if you're not big on them or whatever, there can be issues there. And so they try to find a way to overthrow uh, Daniel and kind of, get him out of King Darius's favor. So what they do is they try to dig up some dirt on his life and find something that they can present to Darius that, you know, might make him be displeased or unhappy with Daniel, and they can't find anything. So what they do is they go after the one thing that uh, Daniel really shows in his life, and that's his faith. Um, so they, they come up with a decree that for 120 days, um, there, or for 30 days, there's not to be any worshiping of any other kings or gods other than King Darius. And they take this to King Darius, uh, and King Darius signs it. It's a law. So here we go, verse 10. It says, Now when Daniel knew that the document was signed, he entered his house, now in his roof chamber, uh, as he had windows open toward Jerusalem, and he continued kneeling on his knees three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, as he had been doing previously. Then these men came by agreement, and found Daniel making petition and supplication before his God. Then they approached and spoke before the king about the king's injunction. Did you not sign an injunction that any man who makes a petition to any god or man besides you, O king, for thirty days is to be cast into the lion's den? The king replied, The statement is true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which may not be revoked. So, we're going to stop there at the end of 12, and if you go back to the end of verse 10 here, there's a, there's a part of the verse I want to point out. It says that, he, and he had continued kneeling on his knees 
three times a day, praying and giving thanks before his God, right here, as he had been doing previously. So Daniel's not doing anything different today that he did yesterday or that he'll do the next day, right? He, knowing that there's a law that if you worship God, he's, that you'll get thrown into the lion's den, he goes up to you know, where he lives, opens the windows without a care in the world, does what he did yesterday, knowing what's, what the law is, and he'll do it again tomorrow. Sometimes being bold, and tonight, or this morning's um, sermon is about boldness. So sometimes being bold is just maintaining faith in the midst of persecution, knowing that you're going to be attacked in your faith or even in your life, doing the same thing that you did yesterday or that you'll do tomorrow, just maintaining the faith is one of the forms of boldness. Um, and the thing about boldness is that it, it, it's going to bring about opposition from friends, family, neighbors, coworkers. It's going to come from all directions. But the, probably the biggest and scariest way that, it'll, that it will come towards you is through Satan. Um, and I like to, you know, Satan, the way he works is if you are kind of not impacting anyone's life, and if you're just kind of going day to day, not, just lukewarm, right? He's kind of just going to let you maintain that lifestyle. It's almost like bumper bowling. He's just going to kind of bounce you back and forth uh, because you're not really causing any harm to him, and you're not really charging up any, any believers. So he just kind of leaves you be. It's the ones that are on fire for God and the ones that are out there trying to be bold and get into the spiritual fight. Those are the ones that he actively attacks. Um, and uh, for instance, you know, uh, I'll get into my, my, my call to, to ministry in a little bit, but for me, leading up to um, a couple of weeks ago, I preached at The Rock, and that was one of the bigger things that I've ever done in my life, believe it or not. It was one of the more nerve-wracking things that I've ever done, but I had a month's notice to do that, and I noticed that every morning leading up to that sermon that I did, um, before I'd even open my eyes, I'd, I would feel Satan, it felt like, speaking to me, you can't do this. Um, and it got actively and increasingly more intense the closer I got to that sermon. Um, and then the morning that I did preach, or the, the morning of the day that I preached, because I preached a Saturday night, it was gone. Um, and that has nothing to do with me, that was all God, but I'm just saying that, that, that Satan will attack you. I mean, it, um, not to get too on a, on a tangent here of my own personal life, but uh, we, we, we had a, a child, uh, my wife and I, well, my wife had a child um, two weeks ago, and we just got our baby home from the NICU yesterday, which made our life a little bit more hectic leading up to me doing this this morning. It kind of fuzzed my mind a little bit, and, um, you know, not to say that every bad thing that happens in your life is Satan, but I do believe that when you are trying to do things for God, when you're trying to accept his challenges that sometimes Satan will get in the way and try to throw you off track. Um, so what do we do with all this boldness? I mean, you give it to God, right? That's, that's what you, that's what I, that's, you know, what, what I've uh, decided to do. And, and it, once you give it to him, not only does he give you the opportunities to be bold, right? But he helps you through it. He's helping me through it right now. He helps me through it at the rock. The hardest part is just accepting the, the mindset that you're willing to be bold for him, and he, he really does the rest. I mean, he, may, he really does the rest. He's so incredible. Um, 
I'll tell you guys a little bit about my, when I was uh, 18 years old, I left, I flew out of Columbus, I flew into um, Chicago O'Hare for boot camp for the Navy, and uh, I got there, put all my stuff in a box, shipped it back home, they start giving us the rundown of like what's happening, what the next three months are going to look like, and at some point in that process, they told us, listen, um, you can go to church in the chapel from 10 to 11.30 if you'd like. It's optional. So I remember, you know, where they walk out of the room, and uh, so it's just us recruits in there kind of getting our stuff situated. And I was like, this is going to be, I'll definitely go to that. Not only um, do I, did I grow up going to church, but you're telling me that for an hour and a half they're going to leave me alone, they can't bother me or do anything? I like, sign me up. So my mentality was I'm going to go to this. And um, I just remember there being like a real battle-hardened, macho mentality in that room. And everybody's like, I'm not going to that. I didn't come here to go to, to chapel. And I just kind of kept my head down because, you know, the old saying, uh, the, the nail that sticks out gets the hammer. So I decided to just kind of be neutral and mellow and uh, not go. I didn't go for a whole month. And then I just kind of hit me, like, what are you doing? You know, you need to go. So at boot camp, anytime you go outside of, like, outside in general, and you're on the base, you have to march. So I marched from the barracks to the chapel every Sunday from 10 to 11.30 by myself. And I noticed that after about a month, so we're in the second month of three, that there was a guy marching behind me. And we didn't really talk much about church, but he was marching with me, and we went. And by the end of boot camp, there was four to five of us that were consistently going. And again, that's not me at all. That's God doing it. But it's little opportunities like that that you can take being bold that make a huge difference. And really, once you decide, once you accept it, like I'm going to be bold, and you, you take the, the opportunities God gives you and you just do it with, with his strength, then he does incredible things. Um, he does incredible things, and he's doing something incredible with Daniel right now. So we're going to pick up back at, at verse 16. There's a few verses I skipped between 12 and 16 here, but all that's really happening is, is the, the governors are saying, listen, we know you love Daniel, we know he's your buddy, but he's breaking the, the law, and uh, he needs to go into the lion's den. So verse 16, it says that then the king gave orders, and Daniel was brought, brought in and cast into the lion's den, the king spoke and said to Daniel, Your God, whom you constantly serve, will himself deliver you. A stone was brought and laid over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet rings of his nobles, so that nothing would be changed in regard to Daniel. Then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Then the king arose at dawn, at the break of day, and went in haste to the lion's den. When he had come... Near to the den, near the den to Daniel, he cried out with a troubled voice. The king spoke and said to Daniel, constantly, and said to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you constantly serve, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel spoke to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, and as much as I have found innocent before him, and also toward you, O king, I have committed no crime. Then the king was very pleased and gave orders for Daniel to be taken up out of the den. 
So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no injury whatever was found on him because he had trusted in God. I think there's a verse that we, that we just read. Um, I always thought it was kind of interesting. It says that uh, um, basically that King Darius, it says, then the king went off to his palace and spent the night fasting, and no entertainment was brought before him, and his sleep fled from him. Daniel goes into the lion's den, and I would assume that in the first 30 seconds when he realizes the lions aren't coming after me, they're not trying to eat me alive, we know that Daniel knows God well enough by now to know that maybe, maybe God's doing something with this opportunity in his life. And so Daniel probably feels slightly at peace with the situation that he's in. Um, I wouldn't say he slept great, but I would say he probably slept okay, you know, He's, he's obviously a believer in God. He trusts God. And so uh, I just think it's interesting that Daniel, or that King Darius refuses entertainment. He refuses to eat. Um, and, and that's slightly because he loves Daniel a lot, you know, so he's worried about his buddy. But I have to believe that there's some guilt in there, too, that he's not. This is an opportunity for King Darius to be bold as well. And, and uh, he's seen the things that God does in, in Daniel's life. I'm sure that he must believe in God a little bit. Um, so sometimes the, I think that the guilt in this situation is eating at King Darius a little bit, causing him not to, uh, to sleep very well, while Daniel, who is literally the one that's in danger, is probably sleeping a lot better. That whole situation there just kind of, uh, I just think that it's funny, the irony there. But to be, but sometimes with boldness, you'll know you're there when you're outside of your comfort zone. When I was preaching at the Rock, um, about a about a month ago, I would say that's probably the most uncomfortable I've ever been in my life, but God helped me through it. Um, he helped me through it in amazing ways with people that he's put in my life, with uh, the prep and the help that I got along the way. God will help you do it. Um, and with my call to ministry, um, I was in church one night, and uh, our pastor was just just going off, he's just going off, he's, he's a very emotional preacher, he's a lot like Ernesto, and uh, he, I, was, I felt very charged up that night, and I wrote on a note in my Bible and to my wife, I said, I know what I want to do, and uh, we talked about it in the car, and by that night I was signed up for Colorado Christian, um, and I am currently five classes away from graduating with an associate's degree, but then a few weeks later, I, I met with a, another pastor at our church, uh, Pastor Scott, who set me up with Ernesto in this group. And, you know, the, the, the comfort zone from, um, we, have, we have five children. So the, the comfort zone of trying to take on college was a real thing. You know, like, can we handle it? Can I handle it? Am I putting a lot of stress on my wife? Um, and then joining a group of guys that I, bar- that I didn't know, and er- Ernesto, who I barely knew, um, having to go meet with them and talk with them, share my life with them, and then preach in front of them was a comfort zone. And then, you know, you go from, the, from seven guys, 11 guys preaching to preaching a Saturday night at The Rock was another comfort zone. Being here, a new group, comfort zone. I'm not bragging. It, it's all God doing it. I'm just saying that you'll know you're being bold when you're uncomfortable. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's really nothing wrong with being uncomfortable because I'm slowly realizing, and, and I guess I'm just expressing out loud, that the, when you get into that uncomfortable zone and you know that you're with God and 
God's going to take care of you. He's going to get you through it. And it's really not as bad once you get going with it as, as it is before, before it starts when you're thinking about it. Um, being doers of the word is huge, not just listeners. Church is important. It's very important. It's listening is what got me started in, in my journey. But there comes a point where you stop listening, you continue listening, and you start doing. Uh, <clears throat> my wife and I just, decided, just, just recently this year decided that we were going to be beekeepers. Uh, me more so just supportive, being supportive of her. It's, she's really always just wanted to be a beekeeper. And so we went to a class in the spring where they kind of show you the bees, teach you about the bees. And it's all real calm. You know, you're like, you're sitting there and you're listening and you're like, this is interesting stuff. I'm excited to do it, right? But then the day comes when you have to go to the, to the place where the bees are, pick up the box and bring that box home. And you're talking about 15,000 bees with stingers on every one of them. And it's time to stop listening at that point and it's time to start doing and it. Um, it's, you know, it's all about the prep and how well you listened, but there does come a point when it's time to do. And it's the same thing here with our faith. Um, there just comes a point where, you know, eventually there's a spiritual war, actively a spiritual war out there, and it's okay to get yourself right and get yourself in a good mindset and get, and get educated. But then at, the, at a certain point, it is time to go out there and start actively helping our brothers and sisters uh, in the spiritual war that we're fighting. <clears throat> our, our pastor, our, our lead pastor, Pastor Wes, uh, has said it several times that he considers himself more of an introvert than an extrovert. He, you know, he, he loves his family, he loves being home, and he's, um, he's, you know, large crowds aren't necessarily his favorite thing in the world, and that's totally fine. You you are who you are, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a point where, and I think he does a really great job of this, where it's, it's being bold is not just for extroverts. If you're more of a, an introvert, you know, that's, that's okay, but when God gives you the opportunities, when you feel the calling, it's, you just go do it. He gives you the strength, and you have an extrovert's mentality, basically, and you get out there. Um, and that will put you out of your depth. You know, there's comfort zones and there's depths. And being out of your comfort zone is almost the same thing as being out of your depth, but you're going to be asked to do new things along the way, and you're going to be out of your depth. And it's, those, are, those are moments for growth. I, I've realized I'm not, um, you know, I want to clarify that I'm not a pastor, so I'm not, uh, I'm not talking at you. I'm learning with you. So, but getting out of your depth, you're going to do new things all the time, and that's good. That's growth. Um, one <clears throat> character in the Bible, I thought about this a lot, like what character was I going to insert into this part of the sermon and uh, the getting out of your depth part, and I found that I enjoyed Josiah the most. Uh, Josiah is an eight-year-old boy who one day is just an eight-year-old boy, and then the very next day he's a king. And uh, his father and his grandfather were both really awful, evil men who, were, who allowed the worship of idols, who never listened to God's direction. And one day, Josiah comes in as the king, knocks down all the idols, decides today's the day that I'm going to listen, you know, the kingdom is going to follow God. And, you know, you think about it, like an eight-year-old boy, he could have just waited another eight years, let's say, and been 16, and then decided to, fig you know, figure things out for eight years. But he decides off the bat, you know, we're going to change things up. I'm not worried about 
opinions. I'm not worried about my relationships. Um, I'm going to follow God. Our kingdom is going to follow God. And that's, it's, it's incredible to think about um, from an eight-year-old. But that boldness usually will cost you something if you think about it. It could cost you a job promotion. It could cost you relationships. Um, it can cost you your pride, you know. But when we see the cost, when you, when you think about the cost, it's important that you don't shy away from what you're being called to do. Um, and I'm guilty of it. I think, you know, it's a very easy thing. It's human nature to, be, uh, to shy away from things that can hurt us or cost us something. Um, I got hurt in November of last year. I broke my leg. I was uh, putting up Christmas lights, and uh, I'd been on the roof plenty of times cleaning our chimneys and things like that. So I think I was a little bit arrogant and cocky, and I had my 12-year-old son up there with me, and I had him holding the ladder, and I'm just going too fast and not <clears throat> being careful. And I fell from the second floor, from the second floor to the first floor roof, and I broke my ankle in several spots. I had to have uh, a surgery and a, cut and a bone graft and things like that. And I just remember immediately following the injury, thinking like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I was inside of my one-year probation at my job, so I had to worry about insurance, I had to worry about money, I had to worry about, um, you know, I just said it, but really my job in general, I was probationary, and I was, I broke my bones, so would they keep me, you know, and Christmas is coming, it's, November, it's the end of November, uh, lots of things that I was concerned about, um, and like I just told you guys, we just had our our uh, son last Monday, and if you think about it, that, that timeline, we just found out a few weeks before I broke it that we were having him. And within weeks, uh, and a lot of prayer, but within weeks, all those things were taken care of. Like we knew within weeks that all those things were fine. Um, and those are the little moments that need to encourage us of all the good things in the world that should encourage us to be bold. Uh, but it's, you know, when, you, when you, you think about Judas Iscariot, right? One of the disciples, all the things that he saw, he saw the feeding of the 5,000, Jesus calming the storm, and Lazarus raising from the dead. He saw all those things, and he still turned from God. It, I just, what I'm trying to point out here is that there's great things that happen in our lives every day. Um, and it's, we need to, it's, it's very easy to see all these great and wonderful things happening in our lives or happening in characters in the Bible. And, and it's still so easy to turn to shy away from God when you see the cost. It's a real thing, uh, and it happens in the Bible. And they, do, they, do an, uh, they make it a point to point that out in several stories in the Bible. Um, will God always save us? I, I think that no, but he will always help us. Is, does God promise us that he's going to save us from whatever? Did he promise Daniel that he was going to save Daniel from the lion's den? No, he did not. Daniel did everything that happened in the lion's den through faith, and he was okay with the consequences. Um, but if you notice, God helps him through every bit of it, you know? And, and this isn't the only trial Daniel goes through in his life. He, the, the, if you read the book of Daniel, the, he goes through quite a bit in his life. But God helps him through all of it. Um, if you guys, you know, if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, Psalm 28 real quick, verse 7. I just want to show you something. It says that the Lord is my strength and my shield. <clears throat> my heart trusts in him and I am helped. 
Therefore my heart exalts, and my song I shall thank him. My, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, right? And then what's it say? I am helped. It's right there. If we, if we trust in him, he'll help us. It doesn't say that he'll always save us, but God will always be there to help us. Um, and I think that that's very encouraging. So what do we do with all of this knowledge, right? How do, we, how do we get better? God obviously is the key component in like encouraging us in our, in our boldness and our faith. But what else do we have? Um, we have Christ's followers. It's important that when you're, you know, we, we have our, our body in the church, but then when you get out of, out of the church, it's important to have people in your life that are going to give you good Christian counsel, encourage you to be bold and help you through those times when you're waning or you're, or you're straining. Um, Proverbs 27, 17 says that iron sharpens iron, and so one man sharpens another. It's important that we sharpen each other uh, as the body and as Christ's followers. If, I've noticed that in my life, you know, I, myself and friends of mine, there's times in your life when you need counsel, and it's important that you seek Christian counsel, Christ-following counsel, um, for those times when you feel like you're, like, you're stra- like you're straining at the oars and you're not... Um, you're not feeling encouraged to be bold if you have the right people in your life that can be very helpful. When I was growing up, I went to a church uh, called Buckeye Christian Church, and our pastor would say it quite a bit. He'd always say that the right thing is, is often the hardest thing. And that's not always the case. I'm not saying that 100% of the time that's the case, but if you think about it, like the right thing isn't always what we want to do. The hardest thing sometimes is not the thing that we go for, but oftentimes it's the right thing. Um, and it, it's time that we, do the, that we, that we start to, to strive for the right thing and that we get into the fight of the spiritual war that, I, that I've referenced several times. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie. I'm going to date, date myself here, but uh, if you're 25 or younger, you're probably not going to know what I'm talking about. The movie's called Top Gun. Um, and it's... Uh, it's a good movie, very good movie, but it's, and it is in color, by the way. It's got Tom Cruise in it and, and several other people. There's a scene at the end of the movie that uh, Tom Cruise, Maverick, he's a backup pilot, and uh, he's, Iceman is, a, is another, is another uh, American pilot who's in the middle of a fight for his life. There's five Russian pilots around him, and they're in this huge fight. They call Maverick in. Maverick gets all the way out there. And he has a flashback to when he lost his buddy, so he bails out for a second. And you can hear in the movie, if you listen to it, his, his uh, co-pilot, Merlin, he's yelling, you know, we got to get in there, we got to help Iceman, we got to get back in the fight. And, and when this note came up in my sermon that we need to get into the fight, every time Top Gun came in, and I just felt like it was a good illustration, you got, sometimes we got to get back in there. We, there's, there's our Christian brothers and sisters are out there, and they're in the fight of their life, they're you know they're trying to do God's God's will, and they need um, they need other people out there with their boldness, uh, encouraging them and helping them, supporting them. Uh, and the quicker we can get into the fight, the better. So, with that being said, <clears throat> I want to share with you guys quickly um, the lyrics to a song. It's called "In Christ Alone," and it says that I find my strength, I find my hope. I find my help in Christ alone. When fear ascends, when darkness falls, I find my peace in Christ alone. Um, if it's okay with you guys, uh, I'd like to 
to close in prayer, and uh, we'll go from there. So, dear Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the opportunity to, uh, to just come up here and uh, um, do, do this uh, request that you've asked of me. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord. Um, you've done so many amazing things in my life. And uh, I just want to pray for the, the people in this room that uh, have so patiently and graciously listened to me get through this. Um, I hope that you can help us find the strength and the hope, the help and the peace that we all need to get through this and to be bold in our faith, Lord. Um, help us to sharpen each other, Lord, and just uh, not to worry about um, persecution and opposition. You know, help us to just trust in you and know that you'll get us through it and that all we need to do is just ask for the opportunity and have the mindset to be bold for you and that you'll really take over from there and help us through in everything that we do. Um, Lord, I love you and I thank you for everything that you've done for me uh, in my life. And uh, I pray that you bless everyone in this room. It's in your name. Amen.